0: and... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, and I will turn you back and put hooks in your jaws and will bring you forth in all your army, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma, of the north borders, and many people with you. So for what purpose are these nations confederated? When will this prophesied event actually take place? And where is it going to take place? And what are the consequences that are going to flow from this end-time alliance? Well, the prophet Ezekiel makes the plans and purposes pretty plain, as well as the disastrous effects. We'll take a look at that here today on Viewpoint, and I'm glad that you've joined us. This conversation, is always, with ever increasing conviction, talk that transforms. In order to understand, in order to understand the prophecy there of Ezekiel 38 and 39, it is necessary for us to return to Russ or. Russia, And so we do that here on the program today. Much of our conversation over recent weeks and months has had us directing our attention back to Russia, not for political purposes, not in terms of the January 6th event or accusations of Russian conspiracy uh, with regard to uh, previous presidential administrations and so on. All of that is proven to be false, by the way. False. Absolutely false. And there are prosecutions that are getting ready to be taken place. Uh, People's minds and their hearts and their behaviors and their attitudes and their decisions that have been conspiratorial and confederating together to try to destroy the Trump administration are now coming increasingly to the front and to the fore. And we're going to see that even this very day, this very day, reports have come in that there are at least four key members high up in the Biden administration that had their hands deeply involved in creating the false story of Russian collusion by the Trump administration. We'll have to wait and see what actually plays out with regard to those But increasingly, we're discovering all of that was deception. All of that was actually fake news. But what we're talking about here today is not fake news. What we're talking about today is actually prophesied news, prophesied in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39. We mentioned this a day or two ago. And we're going to go back there today, but we're going to focus on some different aspects of this particular development that is taking place right in front of our eyes. Even as the European Union is preparing for winter without Russian gas, we're being told that the current crisis with Ukraine and Russia and the West is actually bringing India, and Russia even closer. Now, here's what's interesting about that, or one of the factors that are interesting or interesting, is that India is one of the largest nations, in fact, the second largest nation on the planet in terms of population. China being number one, India being number two. And India is a very large country in addition to that geopolitically. India has been growing in its economy, has been growing in its uh, strength in the world scene. So when we read a report talking about the new multipolar world, that the current crisis with Russia and Ukraine that has brought the Western world, the resurrecting Roman Empire, together as never before since... Rome supposedly collapsed, is also bringing India and Russia even closer. Now, Russia is the largest uh, country in terms of geology, geography rather, the largest country in the world, spans 11 time zones, believe it or not. India is the second largest country in the world via population. When you merge the largest geographical country plus the second largest population country in the world together and begin to see that the events that are taking place in our world are bringing them ever closer, it should get our attention. It should get our attention because we're seeing the alliances of the world changing dramatically and very quickly. But for what reason? Why are these alliances changing? Is it just neutral? Is there no real meaning behind any of these changing alliances? Or are these changing alliances actually setting the stage for the fulfillment of the prophecies of Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the rest of end time prophecy that's what we want to look at here on the program today interestingly also a report came out in the Russian times as Putin visited Tehran the capital of Iran which was formerly known as Persia Russia and Iran are ready to create a strategic partnership here's another one of these major revelations This just in the last two or three days. Now, these things are worthy of our consideration. Putin visited Tehran. Russia and Iran are creating a strategic partnership. Why would that be interesting and important with respect to biblical prophecy? Because we are told in Ezekiel 38 that Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, normally referred to or understood to mean Rus or Russia in the north, is going to, as the kingpin of a whole new strategic world order, uniting together with Persia. And Persia was Persia until 1935, I believe it was, when it became Iran. So Putin now visits Iran. And now Russia and Iran are ready to create a strategic partnership. Does that not sound strangely like things moving geopolitically into place for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39? then we have the heading Germany's prosperity is fueled by Russia well Gomer is mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39 Gomer I believe is referring to the Germanic tribes so if Germany becomes involved in that secret confederation to attack Israel in the latter days here we have Within a matter of three days, headlines coming from around the world telling us that these geopolitical reorientations are going to place right in front of our eyes. We'll be right back. Is Russia actually in the process of redesigning the world? A new world order? Another article that has just come out in the last couple of days. How a smart Middle East strategy is helping Russia play a significant role in shaping the new world order. What is this new world order anyway? Is there more than one New World Order? Apparently there is. Or at least more than one way of looking at the New World Order and what it consists of. And so we have, on the one hand, the Western world, the reuniting former Roman Empire, the very empire that the prophet Daniel said would be the predominant power in the end of the age, a new world order, a resurrecting Roman Empire that would be so powerful as to crush everything in its path. But on the other hand, we have Russia. And Russia has been seeing the moves of the West through NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and the EU, to choreograph a situation in which the entire Western world sets itself against Russia. Now, if the entire Western world, the resurrecting Roman Empire, sets itself against Russia to make Russia a pariah state, do you think Russia is going to take that sitting down? A man like Vladimir Putin, is he going to take that sitting down? He has Russian pride he believes in russia in fact he believes in a concept called holy russia now you may believe that vladimir putin is a holy terrorist on the other hand he believes in a con- on a concept that is historic going back centuries even millennia to holy russia In other words, there is a belief that Russia itself is set apart or sanctified by God to do something very unique and very particular in the world, particularly as we move toward the end times. Now, that may come as a strange thought to you. But when you consider a 1,500-year prophecy that says Russia is the third Rome and there will never be another referring actually to Russia not as part of the Roman Empire, but as the ultimate, shall we say, expression of the Catholic Church, now known as the Russian Orthodox Church. Now we've blended political heritage with spiritual heritage and that's a very powerful package a very powerful motivating package and that's indeed why Vladimir Putin believes that he has shall we say the world by the tail he believes that he is functioning under a holy mandate you may see it differently western politicians may see it differently Your pastor may see it differently, but that's how Vladimir Putin sees it. In fact, that's how the leaders of the Russian Orthodox Church, for the most part, see it. And that's why there is such a close kinship between Moscow and the Kremlin and the Russian Orthodox Church. So we're describing here a situation that is just not generally recognized or considered in the Western world as worth anything to be considered. The way we look at things is Russia is Russia, Russia was the Soviet Union, Russia is bad, and everybody else is good, and especially America. But then Europe, by way of extension from America back to the mother country, the U.K., and so we see a situation that is arising where, indeed, there are two new world orders that are developing, minimum. The one is the Western world order, the resurrecting Roman Empire. The other is led by, or another is led by Russia, that is in the process of shaping as this article from the Russian Times says, the New World Order. Well, what New World Order is that? It's involving other countries. Countries other than those identified with the former Roman Empire. Like India. And then... On top of that, we have Iran and Turkey playing footsie with each other, Putin holding talks with each of them separately last week, and the visit came right after the Russian leader's trip to Tajikistan and Turkmenistan. That particular summit with Vladimir Putin was for the Caspian summit that brought together Azerbaijan, Iran, Kazakhstan, Russia, and the host state. So we see all these Stans here. Then, the foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, from Russia, has recently traveled to Algeria, Bahrain, Oman, and Saudi Arabia, where he also met with counterparts from the Gulf Cooperation Council countries. So the situation is that with relations between Russia and the West, the resurrecting Roman Empire, seemingly beyond repair, Russian diplomacy is focusing on non-Western countries and the Middle East and North Africa, which are featuring prominently now in Moscow's new foreign policy geography. Now, this is interesting, or it should be interesting to any Bible-believing Christian who has read their Bible, because we see that those are nations that were not part of the resurrecting Roman Empire. They do not comport with Daniel's prophecy concerning the final Roman Empire. So where do they fit? Where do they fit? Well, perhaps where they fit is right there in the words of Ezekiel chapter 38. Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, God will put a hook in their jaws and will draw them, that power base, together with many other nations, some of which are specifically named, including Persia, which is Iran, and Libya, uh, Gomer, Tagarma, which I think is referring to Turkey, and many other nations with them. Well, we have just mentioned many other nations. They're not part of the Western world, but they are part of the world of Russia. They are part of Vladimir Putin's world, his New World Order. So we actually have two New World Orders developing, at least. In addition to that, we have perhaps what might be called a third New World Order. That's the Chinese New World Order. And China intends to rule the world, does it not? But China is not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. It's not even alluded to. A mega-nation like China not mentioned in Ezekiel 38 among the nations that confederate together to attack Israel in the latter days to take a spoil? No. But the kings of the East are mentioned in the book of Revelation that are setting the stage to make their bid to cross the Euphrates River and to attack Israel and the Western New World Order and perhaps even the Russian New World Order and perhaps even the Muslim New World Order, coming up from the South. So what we have now is a rapid, in terms of geopolitics, a very rapid reconstruction of the world. It's almost as if the continents themselves are moving at the breath of God to accomplish his purposes. Why do we bring all this up? Is it just for interest, just for fascination? No, it's not. It's to help us to see, friends, the time that you and I are living in. We're not living in any other kind of time like before. This is the moment that all history has waited for. This is the moment that the ancient prophets looked forward to. This is the, the moment that the apostles look forward to. This is the moment that Jesus himself spoke of, the latter days of the last days. And we're there. That being a fact, or at least a strong conviction, how should we then live? That's really the issue, you see. That's the whole issue of the Bible. From beginning to end, how should you and I then live? If God created the heavens and the earth, and if God created humankind in his image, male and female created them, how should we then live? If God says that he created, formed the first marriage, and uh, that he created male and female, and the purpose of the first marriage was to be fruitful and multiply, then how should we then live, given that fact, given that declaration? You see, we don't really look at things that way, do we? God has a declarative purpose in everything that he has done in the creation. Yes, even in setting aside the Sabbath, the seventh day. He worked six days, the seventh day he set aside, he sanctified it, God did that, not man. That was not part of the law. That would long preceded the law. Why did God do that? He did it because he had a purpose. And it had to do with a prophetic calendar. It had to do with his organization of time and human beings in that time. He wanted to find out if we would even begin to care why he set aside those things, why he declared those purposes. And what he discovered is we don't much care. We're too busy with our day to day endeavors and fears and anxieties and whatever. We're just too busy to care. But God, in his mercy and in his grace, which is his enabling power, it's not just his unmerited favor, but it's his, his favor to enable us to do his will. In other words, to understand his purpose and then follow it to obey his voice. That's what God is really after. And all of the other things in the Bible are merely setting the stage for the question, how should you and I then live? Does that make sense? I hope it does. And we're going to talk about this in more detail. We'll go back to to Russia and to these other nations, and we'll begin to explore where all of this would seem to fit. And it is fitting. It's not just about covid It's not just about climate change. The climate's always changed, friends. Always changed. Do you think that humankind created the glacial age? No. And humankind is not creating global warming either. Because there always have been historical changes... Over time, warming and cooling, warming and cooling, to greater extent or other, will be back.
1: There is so much more about Chuck Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website. Prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org.
0: Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris It's a conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction. Well, the Battle of Gog and Magog may perhaps be the most decisive military confrontation ever recorded on this planet in the progression of human history to that time. And the prophet Ezekiel told us in no uncertain terms that it's going to take place in the latter years or latter times, in the latter days of our sojourn right here on this planet. The prophet also foretold a distinct confederation of nations that would come, he said, like a storm, like a cloud, to cover the land of Israel, precipitated by what he called an evil thought that impels them to take a spoil. Now, some may say and argue that the Battle of Gog and Magog is the Battle of Armageddon. Others say no. Nobody knows for sure. Oh, they may pretend to know for sure, but they don't. They can't know for sure. Because the Bible doesn't say so. I personally believe my propensity in this regard is to believe that they are separate battles. Because the battle of Gog and Magog or Magog of Ezekiel 38 does not include the kings of the east where the battle of Armageddon does. That's one one reason why I make that, that choice. So, that being the, say, uh, the situation, I want to uh, make available to you a copy of my book, King of the Mountain. The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. There's a chapter called Gog and Magog versus God. Chapter 20. Gog and Magog versus God. Thus saith the Lord, I am against you, and I will put hooks in your jaws. Now, when God puts a hook in the jaw of a country, in the jaw of a leader, what it's actually saying, it's a very, very colorful way of saying, I'm going to draw you irrevocably into this situation. I'm drawing you in like a fisherman that gets his line out there and gets the hook in the fish's mouth and he starts reeling them in. So God is going to put hooks in the jaws of Gog and Magog and those countries that are with them. And the question is, what is that hook? What is that hook? What draws them into this infamous battle that is yet to come? I happen to believe it's oil. That ultimately is what is going to draw them. When will that uh, event take place? Where where will it take place? What consequences are going to flow from this end-time alliance? Lezekiel makes the plans and purposes very plain, but also the horrific effects. So after Israel has come back to the land which Israel has done, 1948, has recovered from her occupying enemies after the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob been largely gathered out of many people where they had been dispersed. Now there are 7 million Jews in Israel, more than in any other place in the world, and brought forth out of the nations this great confederation of Gog and Magog is going to form. It's going to take place, as we said, in the latter years, the latter time, when Israel and Judah have been regathered to their homeland, and it will occur when the regathered people find themselves, for the first time since their dispersion, in relative peace. And it's going to take place when the timing is ripe for the presence of the unholy alliance to effectuate their unholy purpose. And that purpose is to take a spoil and to destroy the nation of Israel. So, I believe oil happens to be that spoil. And therefore, we are going to see in the not-too-distant future an amazing announcement that Israel has discovered oil. Or not that Israel has discovered oil, but that oil has been released from under the sanctified ground of Israel to the surface so that it might be tapped by Israel for these latter days. When that happens, it will change, shall we say, geopolitics dramatically it will change the attitude of nations particularly those nations that are within the sphere of the russian new world order and their economies will be at great risk because they depend upon the flow of oil for their economic future the same is true for germany Why? Because Germany is virtually owned by Russia because Germany gets 70% of its energy from Russia. So Germany will be drawn in. Turkey will be drawn in because of so many alliances, economic alliances over oil and gas between Turkey and Russia. So there you have it. If you'd like to know more about this, the deeper issues related to this, I urge you to get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. Chapter 20 deals with Gog and Magog versus God. This is an issue where God takes issue with the Russian New World Order. Because Russia will attack Israel. And God had said to Abraham, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. God blessed America because America blessed God through Israel. And it was because of an Israeli or a Jewish man by the name of Haim Solomon that America was able to survive its Revolutionary War. He was a very, very wealthy man and put it all at stake for America's Revolutionary War to be successful. If it were not for that Jewish, then billionaire, we probably would not have have made survived the Revolutionary War against the greatest military power on Earth, Great Britain. So America was blessed because America blessed God by blessing Israel. Russia, on the other hand, did not bless the Jewish people. In fact, put them in pogroms. Mistreated the Jewish people. And so ultimately, they fled. The first diaspora return, Aliyah, came from Russia. A million Jews came out of Russia, airlifted out of Russia. They fled Russia. So God did not bless Russia because Russia did not bless God over the Jewish people. You see how these things tie together? There are many, many dots that have to be connected and understood to see the greater picture of the panoply of God's purposes and why things happen the way they do. The book, King of the Mountain The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. A $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. SaveUs.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, in addition to that, while we're breaking here uh, to talk about the book, let me also indicate to you that my new book, Messiah, will be coming out at the uh, beginning of August. And uh, for those of you that order that book, Messiah, before August 1st, you will all, those of you who order the book before August 1st, will receive an autographed copy, if that's important to you. It's important to some people. To others, it's not necessarily that important. It's the message of the book. Friends, it is the reason why it was written. It wasn't written to sell books. I don't write books to sell books. I write books to get a message out that God wants to get to his people to prepare themselves, their lives, for history's final hour. So, the book is $22. On our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can order it there. Messiah or you can give us a call 1-800-SAVE-USA or you can write to us at Save America Ministries PO Box 70879 Richmond Virginia 23255 again if you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling again the book Messiah it will come out in a few weeks finally for those of you in Massachusetts and Connecticut and the Pacific excuse me the uh The Northeast, where this program has aired for well over 20 years now, we are going to have a very special breakfast for our listeners on August 13th, Saturday morning, August 13th, from 8 a.m. to 1130 a.m. I will be there speaking. My wife will speak. Uh, We'll be offering our various books and materials, a vast array of materials there, uh, are going to be available to you. It is a very exciting time to be able to get together with other saints who are like you, desiring to understand and know the truth, to live according to the we'll talk about that. Here.
1: Have you ever considered what the early church was like? incredible but the same can be found right now go to saveus.org and click sell church we can revive first century christianity for the 21st century it's about people not programs it's about a body not a building that's saveus.org click sell church
0: again i welcome you back to viewpoint we were talking about the breakfast there in massachusetts uh, Connecticut for our listeners, uh, it will be held August thirteenth, Saturday morning, from eight to eleven thirty a.m. and you will need to make reservations. I I trust that you'll do it soon, uh, quickly, so that we can make necessary plans. And uh, what you do, you go to our website saveus.org, saveus.org, and right there on the home page, there's a box. You uh, click that, uh, from Viewpoint Breakfast, and it will enable you to uh, uh, make your reservation right there. I hope, I trust that many of you will do what others have in the past and will invite your friends, your relatives, and so on uh, to participate in this, to introduce them to the program. This is what you can do. People wonder, well, what can I do? I don't think people really understand the importance of a breakfast like this. This, this. this is not a self-aggrandizing event. This is about what God is doing. What he's doing through you and through us together. And the importance of preparing and planning and uh, orienting our lives—it's such an encouragement to people, friends. That's what people really understand from. It. It's such an encouragement because it's very difficult to find light out there. And when people hear this program and they come to that breakfast, they are encouraged and blessed. I hope you'll make your reservation right there on the website, saveus.org. Now, if you're not computer-oriented and you want to give us a call to make your reservation, you can do that. Just give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or you can write a check and send it to Save America, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, and indicate on your check or with a note. What it's for. Okay. Now we move forward uh, to wrap things up with regard to this matter of Gog and Magog. And uh, it has to do with something called the Great Game. The Great Game is a term, kind of a euphemistic term, that is coined by geopoliticians to refer to the world's battle for oil and energy. Why they call it a game uh, is beyond me because it is a game for absolute keeps. And that's why the Battle of Gog and Magog is going to be so serious. I believe it is going to be a manifestation of the ultimate, uh, shall we say, desperation of winning the great game when Israel comes into oil. Israel's already come into gas and it's shaken up Uh, Russia, it's shaken up Iran, it's shaken up uh, Egypt. Uh, Anybody that had previously provided gas to Israel has been affected dramatically. Because Israel now, you see, over the past few years, because of its monumental discoveries of gas off the Mediterranean coast, has become energy independent from these other countries, including Russia in fact, not only independent, but now is exporting gas. You see how that affects the energy economy out there. Now, the European Union, though, is in a a situation of preparing to winter now without Russian gas because they are over a barrel. Now, will they get gas from Israel I don't know. The EU doesn't have much of an affection for Israel and never has. And even America now, under, previously under Barack Obama, and now under Joseph Biden, has very little affection whatsoever for Israel. They hide their contempt. Even when Mr. Biden went over to Israel this last week and met over there, it was an embarrassment to Israel. should have been an embarrassment to Biden and certainly to America because Mr. Biden refused, blatantly refused, to identify with the things that were most important to the Jewish people in Israel, refused to go to the Western Wall. There's only one president in the history of this country that I know of that has gone to the Western Wall, and that is Donald Trump. That is the one that is most closely aligned with the heritage of the Jewish people and represents their desire for the rebuilt temple. Biden refused to go there. What he did do is go to the Palestinians. And when he went to the Palestinian territory, he took off the Israeli flag from his vehicle called the Beast to play footsie with the Palestinians. He did not show any particular affection, support for Israel while maintaining with certain words, oh, yes, we have this... uh, uh, Permanent love affair with Israel. You'd never know it by Biden's behavior. Never know it. So, we have a situation now where the European Union that has no affection for Israel is now going to suffer without Russian gas. Why? Well, it's all a fallout from Russia's attack on Ukraine. You see, Russia's attack on Ukraine has precipitated something that nobody in their farthest imagination would have ever dreamed would happen in our world. It has actually, shall we say, uh, launched the whole concept of the final world order. So Putin then visits Iran and their leadership and makes clear that Russia and Iran are ready to create a strategic partnership. Now what you may not know or remember is that Russia actually built Iran's first nuclear reactor called the Bushehr reactor. Russia built that. So Russia has shall we say, a territorial geopolitical vision that includes Persia, Iran. So, Vladimir Putin visited Iran for the fifth time. That's a lot of visits for a head of state like that. He first came to Tehran in 2007, but his regular trips didn't start until 2015. He is attempting to choreograph a summit of gas-exporting countries called the Caspian Forum. You could call it a trilateral summit of Russia, Turkey, and Iran. The big three. Now, isn't this interesting? These are the very countries also that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38, just under different names. The very people groups. So what we're seeing now is the intentionalization of choreographing the very nations that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39 into a multilateral format of cooperation over energy. Can you then understand that if that group of nations becomes threatened by a massive discovery, revelation of oil through Israel, how that will be perceived as a Existential threat both to Russia and to those nations, and they will feel compelled. This is the hook, this is the hook that goes to the jaw. They will feel compelled to come in and attack Israel. Now, that being so strong, these nations coming together with such vigor is going to be so overwhelming, Israel would not stand a chance. In spite of all of their great military, Israel would not stand a chance. And God knows that. So God himself will intervene. Oh, he will intervene in a way beyond anything that these nations would ever imagine. If they only knew the Bible, they wouldn't do it that they're going to feel compelled to do it because of the hook in their jaws. And God's going to destroy them. He's going to destroy five-sixths of their collective armies on the mountains of Israel. Five-sixths of them. You think there have been a lot of casualties in the Russia's war against Ukraine? That's pittance compared to what's going to happen when they attack Israel, to take a spoil. It's going to be horrific. And if you want to find out more of the details of that, go to Ezekiel 39. Oh, my goodness. The words themselves are horrific, but not sufficient to truly convey the horror of what is going to happen when God judges those nations we attacking Israel. Even though Israel is not perfect, has rejected Yeshua as Messiah, God is still God, and he has entered into covenant. Israel has broken her side of the covenant, but God has not and will not. And he is going to prove That he is God. And that Israel is still the apple of his eye and he will fulfill his covenant to the physical uh, descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob even though many of them will lose their lives in the process. Now the Western world doesn't give two hoots for some of these countries that uh, Russia is currying favor with and coordinating into its new world order. No, because we have our own New World Order vision, or at least we're told we have it by Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, Joe Biden, John Kerry, the various presidents and prime ministers of the nations of the EU, all are embracing the Western world order. The resurrecting Roman Empire. That's what's happening. Again, all of these being facts that are developing, the question is how should you and I then live? That's why we're here on the air. We're not here to provide and tickle people's ears with all kinds of interesting information even though it is interesting information that oftentimes you cannot obtain elsewhere because people are not interested in it. They don't have a biblical viewpoint. They do not. They may have a... uh, They may have a biblical worldview, but they don't have a God viewpoint. There's a difference. I urge you to get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. It's a $20 book, yours for $15. It's going to open your eyes to what is happening for us and why. And it costs much more. That was just one chapter, friends. Gog and Magog and the battle all being revealed in our time right now. How should you then look? Ask the Lord, how should I be living? He might surprise you. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Be blessed. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.